0: Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition. I am your host, Cody McBroom, and today I am interviewing James Fitzgerald, the founder of OPEX Fitness. I've had James on once before, back when it was the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, and the company was Boom Boom Performance. Uh, This must have been two years ago, maybe more. So it's been a while since we've had him on, uh, but OPEX is uh, a group, it's a company that um, I would consider friends of ours. We align on many different realms of fitness and, and coaching thought processes and, and philosophies. Um, and I've uh, had many, many conversations with not just him, but many people within the company. So uh, it's a it's a company I'm a fan of. It's They put out a lot of content, a lot of educational resources for coaches, all of which that I align with and agree with quite a bit. And it was cool to have James on to talk about really his philosophy behind fitness, the fitness industry, where the fitness industry is headed, both the good and the bad, um, what they are hoping to do in order to change the bad of where the fitness industry is headed, which is very aligned with what we are trying to do at Tailored Coaching Method, because like us, they believe in individual design, tailored coaching programs, and a very um, relation-based or connection-based coaching relationship, I should say. Um, And really just how algorithms and automation and and these systems and softwares, although they can be added into what we're doing to create more of a personal connection, which we do, right? We have the Tailored Trainer. That is a software we couldn't do it without. But um, we talk a lot about why algorithms and automation and softwares that take the human out of it, they dehumanize this process. They're not the answer. In fact, they're going to make the fitness journey much less effective and much less sustainable um, and much less results oriented for the long term. So really, really good conversation. There's a lot of passion in the words that he's going to share with us today. Um, and I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this. He's been in the industry for almost 30 years. So when we talk about somebody who has a ton of knowledge, a ton of experience and a ton of real life application in multiple realms of fitness, because his goals and his focuses have changed over the years, there's really no one better to talk to. I told him on the podcast, and I and I really believe this, that he is a fitness stoic, and that's really how I look at James. So I'm excited for this interview. I'm excited for you guys to listen to it. I had a great time talking with him. Uh, I'm going to link a lot of stuff in the description of this podcast because they put out a lot of free content, and they also have a subscription-based education platform for coaches called LearnRx, and it's kind of like the masterclass of fitness. Uh, it's really cool. They have a lot of OPEX coaches and educators in it, but they also outsource to many other coaches like myself. So eventually you will see myself in there discussing nutritional periodization for everyday people. That's the first topic I'm hammering in there um, as a presentation. So it's a lot of uh, outside OPEX as well as inside POPE opex educators bringing forward easy to absorb information and education for the everyday coach working with everyday people so um, i'm gonna link all that in the description of this podcast uh, and uh, without any further ado let's talk to the one and only james Fitzgerald. All right, James. So I'm excited to have you on, man. Like we said, it's been uh, it's been a couple years. Uh, the business for me has changed. The name of the brand, the the podcast name has changed. So I've gone through a lot of evolution, and I've um, watched you guys a ton from afar, man. And just seeing the evolution of Opex has taught me a lot as a coach and as the CEO of a company as well. Being able to look at what you have done and what Carl has done um, to help that is it's been really, really cool. So first and foremost, man, I want to thank you for everything you've done for the industry. Uh, And I think uh, there's a lot of people listening that can agree you've you've constantly had this forward thinking and this approach to just better the fitness space as a whole and for a long time. So, So before we get into the specific topics, I really want you to uh, kind of share the listeners who you are and how long you've been doing fitness, because you have a lot more experience than myself and a lot of people listening or who have been on the show.
1: Yeah, uh, well, first of all, thank you for the kind words. I don't think uh, um, we reflect upon that a lot of uh, like our influence or impact. Uh, and people can take the you know, in from glean something from that as they wish, like it's not our intentions. But that's really cool that we're we're kind of being consistent and, and, uh, forward-looking and, uh, and certainly helping people, even if it's a, a message or a tone or information. Um, yeah, I do. I miss talking to you, uh, miss doing the whole, this thing, you know, uh, I think the past couple of years, I jokingly would like to say it'd be great if we could just wipe it clean and just kind of, you know, just say that something happened there. It's like a 13th floor of a building, you know, yeah. um, just kind of move on to the 14th floor. Um, but, uh, I guess to, to rehearse back to, uh, the fitness question, um, it's a long one for how long I've been involved, but I'm getting, I'm getting close to 30 years and I'm at, I'm at a point where I may, uh, I'm really, uh, I'm extremely happy and grateful as to where I am, uh, as a starting point, like to the present day, um, I would be considered, you know, like you mentioned earlier, uh, uh the, the, pinnacle essence of a stoic of, uh, being content. I'm very content and I'm happy with, with contentment. Um, and, uh, but just mentioning that with the time I've been in it for a while and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's continually fascinating for me, the fitness zeitgeist, um, fitness culture is extremely uh, fascinating for me. Um, you know, moving, Luckily enough, as I have from the mid '90s when I became, I guess, called conscious to fitness and the concept, the mid '90s to now in 2021, coming up 2022, um, I've seen a lot, you know, and uh, I've been curious the whole time, and I've been keep keeping my eyes open the whole time. So that should answer your question of how long I've been in it and what what brings me here. I'm essentially a fitness educator, and I've been in it for a while. <laughs>
0: If you can, and th- this would be in a nutshell because this could probably be a whole podcast in itself, but can yeah. you explain uh, almost like your evolution, you know, like the, the, yeah. the, maybe the, your why and how that has changed your focus, your goals kind of over the course of this almost three decades of fitness.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, first of all, your other point, I think you need to have like a sub podcast that basically is like a new 2.0 of this podcast um, that will cover like what happened over the past two years. I think that could be a thousand podcasts in general, (laughs) um, on a side note, um, the evolution. Um, I don't know. I think over time, you know, you think you can see your future self and you do lay out these goals and you do, you know, you don't focus specifically on them, but. You know, you kind of like, you know, shine the flashlight down the hallway, but you can't see at the end of the hallway, you know? So the way my wife and I have always approached fitness to answer the question on evolution is always we saw in ourselves a personal, we were always personally both uh, fairly risk averse individuals. And so we're always people that would use terms like controlled expansion um, or incremental normalcy. um, Or we've always fell in love with the Kaizen principle. And we're always super personally hesitant to, uh, really fancy things that have no utility. So trends, fast track concepts, biohacking, you can call it whatever you want over the past number of years. So Mm -hmm. my evolution has been like that, like a slow drip turtle (laughs) speed, uh, you know, eye opening, kind of see how things are shaken, not make the big risks and big jumps you know, sit back and watch and observe for a long period of time and then kind of make a, let's call it a, to use the analogy of animals, make the killer move after you've been observing the animal for like, you know, an hour, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so that's been the evolution. It's been uh, nice and slow and methodical and uh,
0: yeah, (laughs) I'm not sure if
1: that gives you a picture as to what it was like.
0: Yeah. Well, how how do you uh, shed light on the importance of that new coaches because you guys work with so many new coaches coming on and, and the yeah. shiny object syndrome, the new trends, the new yeah. uh, study on something that only has one research study. So there's not enough yeah. to really know what's going to happen with this and how it's going to play out. How do you get new Man, coaches to understand that?
1: I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's the simple, sorry, I was giggling as you're asking the question because uh, inside of that giggle, I'm super empathetic to the coach's optics today, the coach's lens. I mean, And I know the lens, meaning that, you know, at one time I have a different lens, but I was there, but also I get, you know, I have thousands of people in front of me who are asking these questions and explaining to me, this is how I see the fitness universe, right? So I, I am extremely empathetic to how they're seeing things. Um, And we, I'm not gonna make the assumption, you know, but I think most people know why Uh, it, you know, the, the couple of things are all combining. Um, the, the value of the fitness coach is diminishing at different rates, but it's diminishing per day. Okay. That's, that's a fact. That's not an opinion anymore. And there's numerous reasons for that. Uh, number two, more noise creates more money inside the system for very few. So you combine those two factors. It makes sense that people who are young coaches look out and go, there's no way I can stick my head out and be authentic and be effective at making an impact of those around me in health and fitness, right? So what are your options? Honestly, it's either nihilism or it's, you know, um, what's the other option? know, that's not the only other option, but it's, uh, you know, commercializing it and commoditizing it and sensationalism. And like, I got I to gotta do something to gain attention right? So I'm completely, extremely empathetic. Um, cause that's the landscape we're in. We're in the landscape where those two, not the only two, but those big factors is that fitness coaching is dropping per day due to numerous reasons. Um, automation scale and all those other things and the anti-relationship movement that's, that's, in, you know, embedding inside of fitness. And, um, and the other factor of of like uh, this is you know this is how we think we're supposed to like stick out amongst a crowd today um in a, in a in a in a present you know culture that fully accepts uh, a, an online you know concept of a relationship and that's going to create some problems
0: Where do you think that's going to head? I mean, this wasn't a planned question, but now I'm curious of what you, what you expect the landscape to do, because from, from my opinion, from what I see you guys do, you guys put out so much information, so much free content, so much organic stuff. And you, you talk about relationship building and connection and in the individualized process of coaching so much, which would be the contrary to what you were just speaking of. And and I would agree with, where do you think this is going to go?
1: Yeah. Um listen, you want another like 3.0 podcast? That's a thousand, (laughs) thousand podcasts. That's another one, um, is, uh, the future of fitness, um, and the predictive models inside of it. Um, before I answer the question, I'll let you know that I use a number of different, like the way you create any predictions is to first of all recognize humans are horrible at creating predictions, right? Daniel Kahneman's work will, uh, will show you all of that. Um, so we're horrible at doing that. As I say that, uh, I have taken you know lots of time with other people to discuss, like, what will that look like? And the way that I look at it is I use other systems that are outside of our industry that we could say those are parallel observations that I could say as to what's going to happen. You know, And then I just tie in some of those gleamingly obvious things that are right in front of us, that people are getting less healthy, but we perceive that life is getting better. Those two things are, are a like a ridiculous punch in the face of what is to come, right? And I see nothing, nothing that would indicate a phase shift change in that. We just had a major social opportunity to do that. And what happened? Peloton makes more money. That's what happens. A large tech company... You know, where three people make a shit ton of money, right? And a few people up in their high rise, get a bike. This is what we think is the answer to that. Like, oh, I think it woke people up to the concept of fitness fucking didn't do nothing. If anything, it put us way backwards. So these are indications, Taylor, my answer that it doesn't look good. I can't put my finger on it and I can't create language that would take only three minutes, right? As a snippet, but it doesn't look good. We are moving towards a classic, you know, unconscious, uh, anti-social concept of living, right? We thought that social media was going to give us all these positive influences of connecting the world and connecting people. It has made us all divisive and tribal and against one another, right? All to fucking gain attention for a few people. So this is the, this is the this is the direction that fitness is going. It looks fairly bleak. It's, it's anti-relationship. We're not focusing on like simple things. Um, you know, automation is big, right? All the big, big leaders in fitness business today are talking about scale and, you know, all, all these big words and the, and the lowly coaches down there, like, but you just sold an app for five billion dollars how are you going to teach me about how to go down the street and talk to someone about health and fitness like none of your shit that you have to sell as for marketing it's all based upon a technological you know virtual concept if i'm making sense so all the all the all the things are pointing towards an anti-relationship concept like less in person right less handshaking less visceral reactions you know, I could go on and on. Mm-hmm. So I'm not giving you like a clear concept, but I'm giving you like the, the uh, base support that I use to predict like, what we, you know, so so people, I, I could go on people be like, well, why, why are you so, you know, emotional about this? And, and why do you find it so important? Because it's our day to day, like we're trying, to, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to lean against all that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's our, that's our purpose as a company is to, is to diminish that pressure to make it all, you know, automated and, uh, and less relationship based.
0: I mean, I couldn't agree more with everything you just said, and that you kind of started to just allude to it right there. And that was my next question is what is Opex's focus and Like, what is your goal with OPEX going forward? And, and obviously I think for both of us, we, although we agree with what's happening right now, we hope that there is some kind of turnaround or that we can at least pull people out of that and show them what we believe in, which is yeah. very aligned. Um, but what is the focus and the goal and the purpose of OPEX right now and going forward?
1: Yeah, I think the, I think the big audacious goal, which may occur um, when I'm alive, it may occur when I'm alive, you know, and I don't know how to determine how I would measure what success means on that comment, but um I think that we want to be like uh, that group or that business or that group of of minds that uh, made a ton of people realize that fitness fitness is free and that physical sovereignty and physical autonomy is the highest order principle in terms of physical expression. Um, And that's a. For me, in my mind, right, I'm biased of it, but I think that's my biggest undertaking. That's my biggest audacious goal that I really feel, whether I don't care what others feel about it, I really feel that that would be a really remarkable thing that OPEX could accomplish in my lifetime, you know, like before I leave and before things just shut down, right? Um, So I think that would be a real, you know, you asked the question, so I'm reaching out. That's the big one, you know. You know, there's words on the street that there's a concept of like, you know, that you could, you know, learn how to take care of yourself at a really young age and never require all of these fixes, you know, for your lifestyle when it's free. It's right in front of you. Right. And I think a way to get there on languaging and, you know, as it leads down to policy and how to get in place and and teach people to like, you know, put up the signs, mm-hmm. et cetera. I think that's a that would be the next steps, um, and those things. So I'll start long, right, and now, now I'll be short. Well, I think short wise, I think what we're looking to do as a company is to start to change the language around how people perceive uh, health and fitness. So it's to start, you know, you know, boots on the ground, um, lots of coaches through CCP um, continuing to have conversations like this, ask questions, get it out into the ether, right? Like conversations on, you know, simple things like what is your intentions of exercise seemingly simple questions been asked for 30 years, but no one asked it the second time. So meaning like, you know, you you have a coach who's like, why do you do exercise? And they're like, oh, for my fitness and health and family. And the coach is like, okay, great question two. It's been like that for 30 years. And what I want our company in the, in the near term to be known as the group that says, no, what's the real reason why you're doing exercise. And we're not going to go to the next question until we come to a real truthful agreement on your deepest intentions. And then knowing how to clear that up, right? Like that's a big undertaking, but you know, we want people just to get, you know, uh, contextual we want that client saying you know what i've been forced to come here you know i've been forced to come here i don't want to do this uh i think it's punishment um i think i'm going to be a better person if i'm leaner Uh, we want the client to say that and then i'm teaching coaches to be like go well isn't that interesting right uh isn't that interesting and then honor them for what they see right it's like okay if you see it that way that's fantastic Do you still want to continue? Because there's lots of fun inside of this, regardless of of what you think you want to do it for. And then maybe they'll go, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it because it's fun. You know, let's do it because it's for me. Let's do it because I'm capable of doing it, you know? So I think to move towards that language, do it because you can and do it because it's for you is what I, in the near term, I'd like to have OPEX be known for and asking those questions.
0: I love that. I want to, I want to, come back to uh, your definition of health and fitness soon, but this kind of brings up something I really wanted to ask you as well. Um, And and that's what you just said is one of the things that's missing. And I often have talked about what is missing uh, inside of um, newer fitness technologies and the way the industry is headed because, as you said, there's being more money and power put into automation and algorithms versus human beings and connection or that transparency that you just talked about, getting someone to understand why this is so valuable for them and getting to the root answer. Um, But you can double down on those, but then give me anything else as well Is what is the coach able to provide that these algorithms and automations and things aren't able to provide and why those probably aren't the answer, like getting a Peloton and just putting it in a room and hoping that that's going to help you. Isn't the answer.
1: Yeah. A great question. Um, uh, I think my simple answer would be to it be that it takes uh, time for in-person communication and conversations, deeper conversations that allow Uh, the client to learn about concepts of intuition and no machine will ever give that to them so I think it takes another human to to have if you watch the movie uh, Joachim Phoenix was in called her I think it was called it gives a dystopic view of what that would look like same thing with the, the black mirror I think it was and there's a number of different shows that are inside of that It just goes to show you that it look, you know, virtually it looks like a relationship or ex machina as an example, right? It's like, it looks like it, but in the end of it, when the systems are stressed enough, i.e. the person really needs, I mean, the client really needs to get strengthened on intuition. It will take another human to handhold them through that, through hard conversations right? Like you can't just think of the client, the client has to unfold stuff in front of you that is not disordered, like in a psychological context on a couch, but they're going to unfold stuff in front of you that can't be fixed by a robot going, oh, I can really tell your sympathetic nervous system reacted this way. And so therefore, here's the three prescriptions. Do You know what I mean? It Mm -hmm. needs to be a a gradient uh, human-like answer back. It needs to be like, oh, you know what? That must be difficult, right? I didn't do anything by saying that, right? As a, ro- as a robot. But if the client sees me and can feel me say that back, what have I created? Empathy. Machines will never be able to have empathy. And empathy are the steps towards intuition. So all of this, excuse my language, fucking noise around measurement is another example of a power grab for technology because they're going to basically control what they think is the relationship. And I want people to hear that out because it, it's not as virtuous as it seems, right? It's going to come back to the human, talking to other, the other human and saying, you know what, that must be difficult, right? And when you say that, you're going to really mean it, right? So the, the, co- the coach on the treadmill you know, uh, for Peloton, coaching 1,000 other people at the same time, He's not going to say that back to you. Not going to say that back to you, right? And guess what? A lot of people need that, right? A lot of people need that in order to grow, to be challenged, to just to listen, you know. Um, And there's, you know, the point of our value of a coach. It's a huge value. Just listening, being attentive, etc. Sorry, Um, that was that was a that was much I can give there on a really important, uh, appreciative question. Yeah.
0: No, you hit the nail on the head and, and I mean, feel free to rant and go in any direction. Cause I think that's where a lot of the value is, uh, is at. and you know, there's even now, and I'd like to get your opinion on this. There's uh, a lot of AI technology. So even, even with like now it's almost as if, uh, apps and software can auto regulate quote unquote for you depending on what information you give them right so if you put in your biofeedback or your reps or whatever but then you're at the mercy of the person being honest with the system versus having a conversation with a coach and even if you tell me one answer I'm going to be able to know the truth if we're building a relationship throughout the coaching process right so even auto regulation really can't be justified through systems for most people in the prescription or periodization setting would you agree no
1: no, oh, I totally agree. It's, I mean, you're still, there. still as a designer. <laughs> that's the thing that, that's the thing that we forget about is like, oh, the machine will just decide. It's not the machine, right? Mm-hmm. It's like 18 guys in San Fran just pumping code. Oh, they uh, if they show up this way in their sleep thing, just, <laughs> this is the logarithm. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and, and I know I'm giggling. Some people are like, oh, you know, uh, easy now. You know, that's, that's a lot of money inside of a whoop band. I fucking don't care. Those are not humans, right? <laughs> Every time you strap on that measurement, this is what I want people to say. I have just given in. I've just given in. You are now think of it as a handcuff, right? <laughs> it's not a strap, it's a handcuff. You have once you once you give in to that, you have given up on self-responsibility and intuition. And no, no logarithm is going to tell you what's best. Do you see the shitty a- angle people can go down on that? Mm-hmm. And you know it, right? I know you've heard it, right? Where client's like, well, the machine said this. And you're like, you know, how in the fuck are you going to take responsibility for this? Yeah. It's not going to happen now, right? So you can see the, ooh, the, the murky, ugly waters inside of that that looks so virtuous on that, you know, wonderful gleaming athlete online on a commercial, right? It's like, gosh that's that's a lack of responsibility that's the way I see it
0: yeah well and you know even I would say the only time where this wouldn't be true is in the uh, if you're in a gym or in a group setting where the culture and the community is keeping you there out of I like being in this place it's kind of like your second home to go and train to be around people and stuff but outside of that scenario coaching a lot of the purpose is to teach people what you're doing how to do it how to sustain it how the results work how we're creating this process so that you can have autonomy and do it on on your own for the rest of your life, right? Being a coach is being a teacher for the rest of the journey. And a lot of that comes from that interactive, educative process, which includes empathy, like you were saying, you know? Yes.
1: Yeah. 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 On your first point, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, lend as much credence to assuming there is anything going on that's positive inside of that scenario. Um, I still call that the unconscious user situation, which I can still consider futile. I don't see any positivity in it. You know, some people may say, yeah, but people are moving. It's like, yeah, but you you if you end up moving towards something that is not sustainable, then you gotta get out of whatever that system is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, but don't be so hard on people who are just moving, you know, in a group with other people and lights and their heart rate connected. It's like, well, I'm gonna harp on it as much as I want, because it leans against. You know the individual design and the coaching value, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's still unconscious fitness in my mind. And uh, I'm gonna not gonna ask you, but I'll ask everyone: How many people do you really think are conscious users in that arena? Out of a thousand people who go to that scenario you described in your initial retort, um, I would say there's maybe one percent of all of them who are conscious users, meaning they, they they're like, listen. I know this is all a show. I know this is all folly, but Hey, I just want to move around. Right. That there's 1%, I would say the rest really think this is the answer. This is the answer, you know? Um, And then we could of course argue on what the answer is and what success is and what, what health is. But
0: yeah, I mean, well, and you, you brought up sustainability and that's something you guys talk about a ton. I think you guys, uh, I'm pretty sure you created the term, which is, is widely used now, individual design. We're talking about programming and stuff, and a lot of mm-hmm. people use the word individualization. It's it's somewhat of a buzzword and, and debatable yeah. whether everybody who uses the term actually does it, um, but a lot of what you guys are talking <laughs> 4. about- 4.0
1: podcast. Yeah,
0: exactly, <laughs> right? Um, and well, a lot of what you guys are talking about is is creating a plan that is very specific to this individual and then trying to figure out ways- across the board to make it sustainable. Correct. I mean, this is very yes. similar to what we do. We don't have group fitness and stuff like that on our company. So we're mm-hmm. with you. But, um, speaking of, of sustainability, why is that such a focus for you guys? I know the answer, but I want people to hear it. Cause you guys focus on that with, I mean, so many different things inside yeah. the company. I hear you guys talk about sustainability so often. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Well, it's two, it's two lanes. Number one, we want people to focus on, as I said, in the near term, the language of things that are higher order principles in fitness, right? dare I call it moral concepts of fitness. Um, And that would be that these words like consistency really matter. Right. Um, And you can tie in all the things on top of that and the pluses and minuses, whatever you're going to use for consistency, but consistency really matters, i.e., You know, we we love the fact that we uh, discuss, um, you know, what we call these long-term plans for people, right? So we give off the energy for CCP that some of the biggest challenges they're gonna have in front of them is actually the explanation and the concept of the long-term plan, right? It's very easy to to voice the words autonomy, right? But to explain that to someone, right? Like, uh, you know, uh, for example, um, we don't just say, uh, CCP coaches say, we don't just say, uh, oh, we're just going to give you this, this workout plan, this periodized, you know, uh, in performance injected language, right. periodized plan to kind of, you know, volume increase, you know, diurnal blah, 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 blah. Right. And it's like, you know, what is the focus and intentions on that is to get people bigger with muscles or to improve their one RM and to make it a short-term solution. Right. There's a lot of positives inside of that, but we're like, we're not even talking about that. <laughs> we're talking about 50 years. Like we, we want people to exercise forever. Oh yeah, we do too. Really? How, how long is your one RM program going to last people? Mm-hmm. Right. And of course we turn all of our backs on the mechanical issues and the orthopedic surgeons that are following these people around for the rest of their life. No one's discuss that. So, so we talk about sustainability in that language, right. You know, you know when you're when you're exercising just remember we want to exercise tomorrow why because we like it it's good you know so so leave a little bit on the table why because we want to sustain we we also use that language because it's you know not going to lie it's antithetical to the 20-year concept right if, i'm not sure i think we discussed it on last time my history with crossfit and the history of the you know i could again <laughs> This is one you and I should do the, the historical context of high intensity and what it's done to fitness. We could have a thousand podcasts on that, man. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I, we do use sustainability because it's antithetical to that 20 year push. This reductionism down to like, Oh, 20 seconds is like the answer. You know, It used to be like five minute abs and there's three minute abs and two, you know, and, and why, and all of us fitness coaches are like, yeah, fucking why, like, why, why, and then we wrapped business around it. Oh, 30 minute sessions. You get a fucking finish in an hour and et cetera. Why? It was to sell the concept of sensationalism. Mm-hmm. Do shit fast. Why? Cause it works. Oh, I could cherry pick 30 studies that show you get post-exercise thermogenic, you know, which is basically just scare tactics. That's what you get. Boom. You know, you get a big thermogenic response. And this is what they thought was like world changing. Right. Um, and so they just brought it down tighter and tighter track. This went on for 20 years. So why we use sustainability? Because it reaps consistency. And then secondly, it's antithetical and it's a fuck you to the current system. It basically says, no, we're not going to say what you want the public to hear, right? The public wants to get shit done sooner and they want you to wrap anything they can around it. You know, and we're being like, no, no. We want to talk about 90 minute aerobic sessions. We want to talk about long three hour brisk walks. That's what we want to talk about, and what is inside that language? Sustainability.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I love where you guys have taken this to because I've watched, uh, and obviously I follow you guys pretty closely. So maybe I'm biased to this, but I I like to believe you guys are contributing to this idea of making um, a, a lower or more moderate intensity aerobic bout cool again, quote unquote, because for so long, it was like anti that it's going to lose muscle. It's not, uh, it's not good enough for results. It doesn't burn enough fat and all these other reasons. And even to the point of, uh, I saw actually Carl shared a workout of his at one point on Instagram and it, the, the caption was about the benefit of patience and how, and he related it to even fatherhood. And I related to this a lot because I've thought about this a lot since I had my daughter of just increasing my own patience and going into a, 40, 60, 90 minute session that is very much aerobic, dominant, or sustainable, or even a ruck, and just thinking about the patient side of it, you know, and being kind of quiet or listening to mm-hmm. an audiobook or nothing. And just yeah. listening to nature. And there's I think there's value in that that you can't really get in other sides of fitness as well. And people don't think no. about that.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Great noticing on your behalf. And I'm glad that uh other people are picking up what we're throwing down on that. Because indirectly is, as I said, it's a uh It's an antidote to the current issue, right? there's so much noise. Mm -hmm. There's so much noise today, uh, not only in the fitness language, but in people's minds. And then how do you basically work against that? You don't, you don't induce a high intensity, unconscious uh, cortisol response. That's not the answer to noise, right? That, that, That makes no sense whatsoever. What do you need? You need peacefulness, right? You need patience. You need quieting, right? And yeah, just to go on the back end in case listeners still can't get that as to why we you know, ride the high horse of the long distance aerobic train because that's what people could see it as in optics. Remember that we don't ride that because it's connected whatsoever to physiology. We don't give a shit about its physiological dose response. We went wrong in terms of fitness by riding that performance paradigm physiological train Right. And we wrote it so hard that we ended up like at this point in time, scared shitless of walking for 90 minutes. Right. We're afraid we're going to lose 0.002 millimeters on girth of our thigh because we walked for 90 minutes. And I'm like, who fucking cares about losing girth? Yeah, it's like we've made everyone focus on those performance paradigm perspectives. Critical power, oxygenation in the periphery, VO2 max, you know, high intensity fat burning. dose. this is all the language, right? What does it end up in? Two minute, you know, two minute real hard intervals, and all we're saying is like, which is why again I'm saying why we talk about aerobic mechanisms is because we we have complete different intentions. The way I make it sound simple, in case anyone wants to chew on it, we train aerobic training to be aerobic period. <laughs> it's not, we don't, we don't do aerobic training for fucking like, left ventricle, blah, blah. Fuck that. We're, we're like, who fucking cares about that physiological stuff, especially if it's on a shitty base support of performance, right. Or rehabilitation, right. Oh, cardiorespiratory function. Blah, blah. I don't fucking care. Right. I want people to prove that they're sustainable. So how do you do that? You don't walk for, you know, five minutes thinking that, oh, I can't wait to walk for one minute. What the fuck? Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Right. So we were laughing, right. But Dude, I mean,
0: yeah.
1: gosh, so many people think that, right? It's like, why would you want to talk about, you know, anything more than five minutes of walking? Oh man, we're not even, we, we have reached philosophical bedrock. That's what's, that's, what's going to end up happening on that, that conversation. So I had to make mention of that. So people are like, oh, you know, their lens is just aerobics or winner. They're all aerobic champions. It's like, no, man, No. I'm a walking champion. I can tell you that, you know, I'm a brisk walking champion. (laughs) Um, If anyone wants to take me on for pace, I just did uh, 15 minutes per mile uh, for four laps around here. So it roughly came in just under 60 minutes, but. um...
0: (laughs) That's good. Sorry. No, I love it. And I think, I mean, at the end of the day, if we. If people sit back and logically think about um, put put emotional uh, desires and biases aside, or or clouded desires aside, um, lifestyle application. I mean, it, a lot of aerobic fitness makes actually a lot more sense, and it doesn't mean that we're never touching a barbell either. But um, something I did want to ask you as well is is uh, how how people should be balancing this, because you guys talk a lot about concurrent training. If people like dive yeah. into some of your guides and your your education yeah. stuff, and I believe in that a lot yeah. too. And for a long time, I think the the rule of specificity got a little carried away to the point where yeah. people, well, my goal is this, therefore I cannot do anything but this. And, and if we're a world competing power lifter, okay, maybe we uh, we talk a little bit differently, but for 99% of the people that we're working with or that are listening to this podcast, you're probably not competing in something that requires that level of specificity. And so yeah. maybe concurrent, and a lot of research is showing that it's actually totally fine. And this is something I would say, um, although I'm not a CrossFitter, I think CrossFit did do well as show like, Hey, these really Jack strong guys ran miles too. Like they're fine. It's not, you know, at the end of the world, you can be a little concurrent, but, um, how do you guys help people prioritize that balance and, and shift to more of a concurrent model with all these different energy systems and, and intensities yeah. and all that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, you know. It, um, it was in a, like the CrossFit commentary at the end, it, that was still in a performance lens. Let's not forget about that. Mm-hmm. So there's no doubt that in a performance lens, I would say that the CrossFit phenomenon did certainly invoke some really uncomfortable truths in terms of concurrent methods inside the performance lens. Right. And I don't think, uh, to your previous point, I don't think that the specificity lens, um, you know, did a little bit of problems. I think it did a tremendous amount of problems because it made people think that the performance paradigm is the reason why we should do all of these different forms of training, right? So so back to your question, um, man, uh, I'd be lying if I said, I don't think about this for a couple of hours each day because it does go into the conversation on what people should do for exercise. And then secondly, what is the reason behind that? Um, And I land on some simple things. Um, first of all, recognize that we don't need to now before anyone freaks out and stops the podcast here, hear me out. Um, most of the, most of the injected concepts of what we need to do for movement today is done because we have recognized that it fixes a whole shit ton of problems that doesn't make it right. That doesn't mean that's why we should do what's another simple solution to that? You obviously get rid of all your shitty lifestyle habits. Secondly, take a real keen look around you in your environment as to what people are doing and kinds of contractions. When you do that observation really carefully, really carefully, you don't need to be a kinesiologist, biomechanist eye to see this. You will see that the current human today Doesn't need to do a lot of hard shit to keep stepping forward and to move on to being 95 and mentally acute and climb a mountain, have sex in the morning, be happy. Okay. So this is this is the confounding issue. Okay. And I think that this is a fascinating philosophical problem for us to resolve. And we have to create some language around it, which is why I land on move because you can, i.e., you're capable. Like we we innately have things put together that allow us to like transfer and go across land, pick up shit off the ground. Like that is inside of us. So whether you like it or not, we are capable of doing that. And then secondly, do it because it's for you. Like it's for you. It will increase resilience. It will make you see creativity in a different light, et cetera, et cetera. So I start with that as I, what I believe is a philosophical conundrum. Because I really do think that exercise is folly today. You know, when you take all the performance lens out of it, because performance, you know, like CrossFit and American football, it's like, oh, I guess you got to move some weights and do shit because you want to be good at that sport. And then when you come over here and you say, well, how about living and vitality? Exercise is a diversion tactic. It keeps us away from doing stupid shit (laughs) in the day, right? Mm. But you got to remember that doesn't mean we need to do it. So the, so the question is, well, James, we have 10,000 facilities around with these 100 leg presses in them. What the fuck are we going to do? Just let them turn to iron? And my answer is no, is that you just have to recognize, though, that we don't need to do it. That's where you start on your on your question. If in case people are like, oh, he's way off on the, on the consequence. No, this is concurrent because you've asked, well, what do you do? And how do you balance hard contractions, which we are innately capable of doing and locomotion. And the way you do that, this is the simple answer. You do resistance patterns on one day, you do aerobic mechanisms on the next day and you press play on that motherfucker until you're dead. That's the simplest answer to it. So nowhere in there is like, oh, where's loading of lactic endurance protocols for, it's like, again, it goes back to what the fuck, what are we defining as existence here? being upright at 95, climbing a mountain, sex in the morning, happy. Yeah. Well, that's, what's going to get you there. What I just said, right? So how do you mix and mingle those things? Obviously you've got to individualize it. Obviously you got to recognize going in, listen, I don't need to do this shit, but it certainly allows me to build my resilience. And you know what? I'm kind of capable of doing it. So (laughs) I may as well do those. And this is what we call, you know, patterns of movement of one day and pacing on another day, just to give people language to chew on. And uh, but I do think to finish, um, it it still is for for a good reason, a really challenging question, right? Um, And there's there's more we could go into on uh, the effects of each and how you blend them. And what does it look like in progression? That's a long story, which I you know teach coaches about and kind of get them to get other clients excited about it. But just remember that the intentions inside of it are sustainable practices lead to sustainable behaviors. So whatever they're gonna put in place, i.e. the resistance one day, aerobic stuff the next day, and I'm just using language that people would love and understand, oh, I get it, you know, Uh, then that's what's gonna be uh, consistent for for the next 60 years and 15,000 iterations of that. Hear me out on that, not a two-year program, 15,000 is the number that we've landed upon if people were to do movement sessions per day, you know? And so when you th- when you look at it in that light, it's like, oh geez, I may wanna uh, put these things together so I could do it forever. It's like, yeah, yeah, why don't you think about that? <laughs> cause you got a log of them, right? And, you know, get people excited around, let's call it jumping over the concurrent language cause that's performance language. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this, right? The blending of patterns and pacing. How do you do that forever?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, and it's a hard question to answer anyway, because like you said, there's so many iterations of it. You can individ- just the idea of, alternating patterns and pacing you have to individualize that on so many factors even just depending on the person's schedule and lifestyle and experience and all these things but um, one thing I really appreciate and and love that you guys have done um, and I encourage anybody if if you're listening this and you want and you wished we would have gone deeper in any of like the the detailed programming stuff that's not really what I wanted this podcast to be about anyway Um, but uh, the amount of free content that both of us put out but the guides that you guys put out on this stuff is unbelievable it's insane how much free stuff you guys put out so go check out opexfitness.com and all their stuff because you guys can find all the details on that um but one thing i really appreciate that you guys do just kind of a random side note is uh your terminology that you guys create is is fantastic patterns pacing pain gain sustain The, the way you guys are able to make again, the, the average person, I mean, it completely makes sense when you really think about it, the average person coming into this, understand what you're talking about with these terms is phenomenal. And I think it's a, a really important thing for people to try to learn, even if you're not going to be a coach, because like you said, c- combining these things together and joining them and getting them to be in unison for the long haul is really the key for lifestyle fitness, lifestyle body composition, lifestyle health, lifestyle performance, things that are not in a competitive nature on a team, on a field, on a court, anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's really important. I think that would be one of your answers to this next question I have for you um, is that they're not doing this, but in general, um, and this might not be the way, right way of phrasing it, but what do you think a lot of coaches are doing wrong today? Like, What do you see? And, and we're not going to go back into the uh, falling into the automation the algorithm yeah. thing, obviously, yeah. but the coaches that are agreeing with us, yet they haven't made that leap or they had that, that light bulb over that click. Where, where do you find people are going wrong?
1: Yeah. Um- well, I think it was, it, it may start with uh, one of the things we discussed earlier of uh, uh, maybe not where they're going wrong, but the, the recognition of the, uh, the system that they're in, right? So that may, that may not be a wrong, but they got to keep their eyes open and, uh, and listen to multiple different opinions and have a heterodox concept of opinion when you first get into this. So that may be where some people are, are going wrong. Cause it's very easy. Like you said, from the beginning, right? To like, oh, that's a trend. That's popular. The people want it. I'm going to fucking do it. Like this is the end. And that's with good intentions. You know what I'm saying? So, so when you're like, when you first go, oh, that's shiny. You go like this. Hmm, interesting. I wonder what the intentions are, what they're trying to sell there. Mm-hmm. That's the question that you ask. Right. And then next you go, how would that be helpful to a broad array of clients? That's the second question you ask. See, I'm asking all these questions prior to me jumping on board with the particular weekend course cost $455 and I'm going to be legit on the, on the back end on Monday. Right. So I think that's where there could be falling prey, but I I'm being empathetic to that because there's a lot of pressures on um, you know, how they stick their neck out. Let me see here. Um, I don't know. I'll say just from my environment. Um, I think people, I think a, a number of coaches uh, really don't, uh, love fitness uh, as much. Um, I really, you know, and I, of course, I'm not the qualifier to determine it. I'm also a let's call it a post fitness addict, so I also know the downsides of you know going too far down that road and knowing how it doesn't lead to uh, to uh, utility long term. But I think uh, you know uh, I'd like to put a lot more pressure on um, on uh, um, like this covariant inside of the assessment for for coaches to get inside of fitness. You need to, you need to know fitness culture. Uh, you need to be able to uh, understand all these different forms of movements. And, you know, there's this side note starred thing, right? That like we get people into the profession if they fucking love fitness and love it for the right reason, love it for creativity, love it for learning shit, love it for the programs. They're fucking, they go through the annals of T nation or muscle media, 2000 people are like, what the fuck is that? That would, that would be one of like, you're in, you know what I mean? Cause you're looking for. You're looking for the historical context of how this big dragon got to where it is, you know? So I think and so that, that would be one area where I think uh, people may want to get inspired again, not inside of like the attention-seeking shit that they're doing. That's like, oh, this makes me a valid coach. It's like, no one fucking cares. No one fucking cares about your snatch, right? But they, they will care about your human ability, right? Your ability to be empathetic to other people. Your ability to go, you know what, there's 18 different versions of a single leg activity because I tried them all, right? So this one's good for you. That takes a love, not a, not an obsession, a love of fitness, right? You love it. And when you really, truly love it, um, it's going to give you the world back, right? Because you're going to have all these answers to people. You're going to give off this energy that you have answers to their big, uh, hard questions, right? Because you essentially love it. Not only outside of that, it's gonna it's gonna align things. Lord knows, I need to have a whole ton more people that are aligned on that fitness concept with good fitness intentions. So I think uh, I'll just stop there. There could be a couple other ones, but probably that, uh, you know, the empathy slash on- unconsciousness in terms of where they are in the environment and the uh, lack of love for their own uh, their own journey in fitness. I I, I feel that.
0: I-, I think there's a pressure to. Uh make things so much more automated and efficient that it's and it, complex I agree and i think that's hurting a lot of people i've even had conversations with uh should i have even had people that were um contractors that we used for uh, media tech stuff that is over my head. That's not what I do. Um, mm-hmm. and the pressure from them to automate some of our systems that drove me crazy. And I kept having to get pushback. I'm like that dehumanizes what we're doing. So stop like, no, like I understand that will make me go faster, but that's not the goal here, you know? And even to the point of, um, learning and caring so much about fitness, or, or you mentioned the T nation, I can like all those things you were saying, bring me back. Cause that's, I remember digging through forums and all these kinds of things, but I'll get questions from coaches on like, how do you still find the time to learn or or educate yourself at reading? I'm like, well, that's always been the whole thing is to expand my brain on what this is and expand my knowledge and, and, my understanding of what this is. And I can't do that unless I'm constantly trying to learn. I mean, I'm looking at you, your bookshelf is overwhelming. And I'm, I, I would, it's a green screen. It's, it's, actually not, a bookshelf. <laughs> it's not even there. Uh, yeah. it's, it's completely full. There's if for people uh, just listening. There's, I mean, probably hundreds of books and I'm sure that's not all of them, but there's, there's always so much more to learn. It, knowledge is infinite, you know, and, and even to the point of, I picked up, uh, yesterday off my bookshelf, an old polyquin book. And I was just like, having fun. I was like, this is just cool. Like last night I was reading through it and it was just cool to see some of the stuff that I was like, oh, that's funny. Like I remember believing that. And then some stuff was like, oh shit, I forgot that, you know, that's actually a pretty cool strategy I can use. And yeah. that's part of, like you said, the history of it. And you, as a coach, I think you should desire that. Like that's fun yeah. for me. That's, that's Netflix. That's what I want to do. And that's a good sign of a coach. If you're listening to this.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. So. Um, I love, I love the way you call it. Cause we say it, you know, fitness has to be like breakfast, mm. but I think now it's like fitness has to be like Netflix. It's changed just based upon your, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. You want to be, you know, you want to be excited with your partner, right. To like the next day. Oh, what are we doing today for fitness? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's supposed to, when is the crown's new season up to get the season episode one, right. Or <laughs> impeachment. It's like, oh my
0: gosh. Like, Yeah. 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 Um, I have one more question for you. We're wrapping up on time. Uh, and and I kind of just want uh, this might just be a rant or some words of wisdom or anything. Um, but really I think it'll tie into patience really well, which we kind of already spoke a little bit about, but I really want to know, um, what is the legacy you're trying to leave behind? Like you, you mentioned legacy in this and and I know that, um, you have a deep passion for changing the industry, uh, in a way that stays here long after you're gone. What, Mm -hmm. what drives that? What is What is the reason you want to leave that behind and and make this change so much?
1: Yeah, um, I think probably because I want to learn. I'm a very curious person and I like to continually learn. I get uh, like I I just sit here by myself and I can learn things and that makes me really content. So I think, uh, you know, at the end of my days, uh, just for language, I really don't think that I'm trying to do a, a legacy component that's still in my, in my knowledge uh, has an ego concept to it. Cause I'm not, you know, in, in 150 years, I'm not going to feel what people feel about, you know, I guess it all depends upon belief, but yeah, when it, when it shuts down and I go to sleep, there's no other options. and There's no other, you know uh, this is our one life. And in my opinion, this is our one life and it, it's, it's a, it's not a dress rehearsal, you know? Um, and so I, I, uh, I think I just want to learn. Really, I want to learn things. I want to adapt, and I want to consistently, uh, you know, open my mind to the mystery inside of meaning and uh, and purpose. I think that's really uh, what, at the end of the days, I would be. I would be happy about. You know, and if along that way, uh, those that are really close to me, uh, my wife and my two girls, um, they also from something that I have supported for them, uh, have also gotten to some of those levels in which they wanted to express themselves at the highest level in their, in their existence, I would be extremely happy. Um, you know, I'd be smiling, um, at the end of my days, uh, based upon that. And then, uh, to the periphery, um, you know, my business and those around me and those that are part of my business, I would love for them to have again, some tastes of those concepts of contentment and enjoyment of this uh, wonderful thing that we've been, uh, we've been gifted. So uh, I think that those things there would culminate in in what you described as legacy. And I would say with my own personal contentment
0: at the end. I love it. I love it. Um, well, man, this has been great. I always enjoy talking to you. Uh, just like I said, at the beginning, I, I look at you as somebody who has not only a lot of knowledge and experience, but so much wisdom, uh, your way of thinking, it always impresses me and it gets me to think deeper. So I appreciate it. Um, and I know the listeners will appreciate it. And uh, I highly encourage everybody to go check out everything they do because you guys are constantly putting out great content that's very applicable to every single person out there who just wants to be better at life, better at fitness, better at connection, better at being a human, better being coaches. Um, and there's so much that is aligning between my company and yours. Um so once again, man, I, I really respect you and I appreciate your time. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for coming on. Can you tell everybody where to find um I know you're not uh very present on Instagram as of late, but uh where people can find the best content from your you and your team.
1: Yeah, opexfit.com, O P-E-X-F-I-T dot Um and uh thank you for the kind words. Thank you for uh the questions and um I appreciate uh you also being a part of that forward looking forward-looking, you know, philosophical curiosity around uh, how to make something of this thing that we're a part of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and for those listening, I'm going to link that in the description of this. Uh, Like I said previously, the amount of free guides they have, not just blogs, which they have a lot of too, or podcasts. They also have a lot of too. Um, they have tons of free guides that you can learn more detailed stuff. And they just dropped something called Learn RX, which is like the masterclass of fitness. I can't recommend this enough because it's all the OPEX team as well as many other individuals. Um, I saw the list of topics that are being done as uh, I am stepping in to, to create a presentation for you guys um, on the nutrition aspect. And uh, just the amount of topics got me so fired up and excited for the coaches to be able to learn and and have this resource. So uh, if you guys are coaches or people that want to better what you are doing, LearnRx is going to be something that is unlike anything that's out there. And I can honestly say that. Um, And it's going to be not just OPEX, but a lot of other coaches they respect and trust to bring forward content and education for you guys. So it's going to be a really, really cool platform um, for a ridiculously reasonable price. So I would highly recommend you guys check that out. We'll link that in the description as well. Um, and man, once again, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for mentioning LearnRx, too. I should mention, too, that although you're going to probably have it within your language, um, we are uh, also interested in what people uh, would like to hear about in, in not just from your environment, right? We would love that you get an opportunity on that platform to speak to a bunch of other people, and other people are like, wow, I never thought about it that way. That's fantastic. That's the whole idea, but we also want you know, people to say, you know, I have this burning desire question that I know someone out there could Mm. like mention a talk about. Um, And so we're looking for that too. So don't hesitate to to reach out to us and say, I think this is what uh, you're doing poorly. And I think this is what needs to be improved. We welcome those.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we'll link all that in the show notes for you guys to to get in touch with them. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see James on this again soon. Yep. Thank you.